Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. I made some children mad this morning, I'm sure, because there was a puzzle sitting out on one of the tables in the toddler room, and I totally stole it right in front of them. I, I made one of the, uh, the teachers give me this puzzle. And, um, and there's a reason for it, because um, uh, no matter how big the puzzle is, you see, this is just a kid's puzzle, but uh, you know, some of them 25 pieces, some of them 50 pieces, 100 pieces, 500, 1,000. I've seen puzzles with 10,000 pieces. Can you believe that? I mean, that's just amazing. And, and this is the, the incredible thing about it. If I were to take this puzzle with all these pieces, when you look at a puzzle you, that, that's finished, you see something really neat. You see something that's, uh, whether it's fun or beautiful, but when, it, when it's put together, you like, that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, that's, the puzzle is designed to be put together. How many know that? You know that to be, and if it's not, then it's just not right. Like, it's not finished, it's not done. It's not beautiful at, at that point. So, so this is an interesting thing is puzzles, as much as, as great as they look when they're put together, if, if you take that puzzle and you, and you put it out, how, how many think that, that a puzzle, when you dump it out, makes something really beautiful? Well, it doesn't. It, it, it's actually just very messy, right? So for a, for a puzzle, for a puzzle to be Beautiful to be, to be what it was designed to be. It has to be what. It has to be put together, and I think I can. I think I have the ability to do this one. Uh, as I'm putting this together, I'm making it look nice. I'm 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 making something beautiful out of something that was actually very. Uh, how do I say this? Very. Could we say chaotic? That's a great word, right? Because chaos actually is. Um, Something that none of us really likes. None of us really enjoy chaos, do we? And now that I put this puzzle together, I realize, well, it's, it's nice again. It's beautiful again. Uh, but I had to be very intentional about that, didn't I? In order to make this puzzle what it needs to be, I had to be very intentional when we just dump it out and kind of mix all the pieces together, how many know it, it'll never be what it's meant to be, right? Don't get me started on creation, everybody. Have you ever heard that, that illustration? Like, what are the odds that um, uh, a grandfather clock explodes or a puzzle explodes, and then it, all the pieces just wind up together inter, interacting beautifully? That, see, order doesn't come out of chaos, does it? Order doesn't come out of chaos. And in order, if, if these puzzle pieces actually were parts of your life, if, if, if this puzzle piece was your finances, and this puzzle piece was your marriage, and this puzzle piece were your, your relationships, and this puzzle piece was your job, and I could go on and on, that these pieces of your life will not look like they're supposed to look unless you're intentional about how you live life. Everybody with me? Okay, get out your sermon notes, because we're going to talk about this a little bit more this morning as we talk about habits in our life, that they are 
that they are um, small routines, um, small things that we do. We say this way, small disciplines that lead to big changes. And it's the power of routine. It's just developing habits in your life. And we spent a couple of weeks talking about the Word of God. We spent last week talking uh, about prayer and, and really about spiritual warfare. Today, we're talking about the habit of generosity. Generosity. It should be a habit in your life, not something that you do occasionally. It needs to be a habit in your life. Number, uh, I'm sorry, letter A, write this down. To live my best life, according to what we just looked through right then with the puzzle, I, I must be intentional. To live your best life, new song, you have to be intentional. Order doesn't come from chaos. It just doesn't. And you can have all of the pieces. You can have the job, and you can have the family, and you can have the relationships, and you can have money in the bank. And, I mean, you can have all of the pieces to the puzzle, but if they're not put together the right way, if you're not intentional about all of the pieces, your life is just going to be chaotic, and it won't be your best life. It just won't be your best life. Generosity, generosity has to be intentional. In fact, your best life, your best life has to be intentional. Let's look at these verses of Scripture in Psalm 112, verse 9. It says this, talking about generosity, they share freely and they give generously to those in need. And you say, well, that's just talking about money. Is it really? Because then it says their good, what's that word? Deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. So he's not just talking about money. He's really talking about if you just live your life in generosity, if you live your life to give freely, to be generous with those in need. How many know that there's lots of people in need that they have plenty of money doesn't mean they're not in need, right? Like there's people out there that have needs, and it's not about money. Maybe it's, maybe it's about abuse that they've gone through, or maybe it's, it's about a loss that they've suffered. Maybe they lost a loved one. Maybe... Uh, maybe it is about money. Maybe, maybe it's about their children. Maybe it's about just the difficulties in life. Maybe it's sickness in their life. They have needs, and oftentimes money has nothing to do with it. And, and the Bible very clearly says that, that, that we give freely, that we are called to live generously, we're called to meet their needs, and that when we do that, we will have influence and honor. Influence and honor. Let me say it this way. You'll, you'll develop a legacy in your life. You'll have a legacy in your life. In fact, Psalm 112, let me read this to you. Verse 5 and 6 says this. So just a few verses earlier, it says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. So if I were to say, how many of you want something good to happen in your life? The Bible says it this way. If you want to have something good in your life, you need to give. Because good comes from giving. Because good comes from giving. I didn't write that, but it's there. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Like they'll have a legacy. They'll have, they'll have a long-lasting impact. In fact, the impact that you have on others is not meant to just be temporary. Temporary. 
It's actually meant to be eternal. Did you know that? Like your influence is meant to be eternal. The Bible says that we store up for ourselves treasures in where? In heaven. How many know that's eternal? That's eternal. So the influence that we have, the generosity that we have, is not just meant for the temporary. It's actually meant for the eternal. Like, like when you're generous, let me say it this way. When you're generous, you're not making a temporary difference. You're making an eternal difference. And God rewards that. He rewards that. Uh, let, let, me, let me say it this way. Letter B, write this down. Because we think about our, our value then, because we, we become so narcissistic in this environment, in this culture, in this generation. We become so egotistical, so selfish. But yet the Bible says that my value isn't determined by how much I achieve or how much I accumulate, but by how much of my life I give away. Did you know that? That God values your life not on how much you achieve or how much you accumulate. But he, reward, he doesn't reward you for getting the latest toy. He doesn't reward you for having the best of the best. He actually rewards you for how much you give away, for how much of your life you spend on somebody else. Did you know that? In fact, I love what Church, uh, Winston Churchill says. He says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. That's so powerful, I put it in your notes. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So your value today, you, let me say this, you are so valuable to God, and you are obviously very valuable, so valuable to, to me and my wife and to your church family, but you are not valuable to us because you have a lot of money or because you have a lot of possessions or, or by what you have achieved in your life, if you have an MA after your name or you have a PhD after your name, that's, that's fine, that's great. In fact, I applaud you, but, that doesn't, that, but you're not valuable to me because of that. How many know what I'm saying? You're, you're not valuable to me by the car that you drive or the house that you live in or the clothes that you wear or the job that you have. That's not why you're valuable to me. You're valuable to me because you are a child of God, because you are a son and a daughter of God. You, you are someone created in God's image, therefore you're valuable to me. And this is where we get it right, New Song, that so many people come through our church doors and whether they're white collar or blue collar or no collar, we just love people and accept people anyway. Like we just embrace people because we know deep inside of us, and it's been like this ever since we started New Song, it's been like this, that we consider people valuable. No matter their background, no matter their history, no, no matter the, the socioeconomics, we just consider people to be valuable and we give our life away to people and our reward is going to be great. Our reward is going to be great. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says it this way, yes, you will be enriched in every way. Everybody, you should underline that, in every way. You will be enriched in every way way. So, so is it talking about strictly finances here? No, it's saying in every way. You're going to be enriched so that you can, now underline this word, in fact, you might circle it, always be generous. How often? Always be generous. And when we take your, and, and when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank 
God. So he's saying, hey, listen, you guys have been enriched. You're very, very generous. I'm going to share your generosity with others, and they're going to give thanks to God. In fact, the NIV says it this way, that your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So how are we to live life? It very clearly says this, always, always be generous. Always be generous. Let, let me say it like this then, because this is, this, is, this is something that God gave me, that generosity must be intentional. We know that it has to be intentional. And not just emotional. Not just emotional. That we are called to always be generous. And I, I think there's some, some danger in the church today. Um, in fact, uh, I, I attend a, a lot of different types of meetings where pastors get together and they talk and they learn from one another. And, and in fact, just this past week, I spent um, several days in Baton Rouge. Pastor Josh and I went down there and we just sat under the teaching of uh, Pastor Larry Stockstill for three days. Uh, solid uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all day. Uh, we, we, he taught us 12 different levels of, of, of being a pastor, 12 different areas of how to be a great pastor. And I'm telling you, everybody, it was phenomenal. We had such a great time. And as I'm sitting around the table, I'm surrounded with people, some pastors who are so humble, and I'm surrounded by a few pastors who are not so humble. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they're just not so humble to the point I'm thinking, I, I don't want to sit next to you. You know, like, Boy, you're not so humble. And, and, and these guys, they, they often talk about, oh, yeah, we, we took up this offering. We've done this. We've done this. And, and they'll talk about, well, if we're going to have such and such, if we're going to bring somebody in, if we're going to support this missionary, if we're going to do something major, then, man, you got to come up with a video. you got to come up with something powerful. you got to come up with something really emotional because people will buy into things that are emotional. And when they're emotional about something, they're going to give something. But if you can't stir their emotions, they're not going to give. How many know that's not what the Bible says? The Bible says that we are to always be generous, to always be generous, to always be generous. Well, what if, what if you don't connect? What if, what if, what, what if uh, we tell you about a missionary and you just say that it's doing something great and you have, no, you have no emotional connection with them? Be generous. Be generous. If you, if you know of somebody that you work with and you don't really like them so much and they have a need, what are you supposed to be? Be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your finances. Be generous with what? In fact, I'll teach you those things in just a second, that we are always to be generous. But how often, New Song, how often have you and I both failed because we waited for our emotions to come into a play? We waited for our emotions to be elevated before we gave something that we weren't, that we started, we heard something and we weren't, we we're like, oh, I'll give 20 bucks to that. I'll give a little bit of time to that. And all of a sudden this emotional video plays, you're like, oh, I'm going to give a hundred dollars. Now there's not, let, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with that inherently. There's nothing wrong with being moved by what's happening. In fact, I think a lot of times I, I tell missionaries all the time that in fact, can I be honest with you? We very rarely have missionaries here on Sunday mornings because we support so many. If, if, we had every, if we had every missionary that we support be able to speak on a Sunday morning, we would have more missionaries than we would have Sundays in a year. It, and, it, and you know, when you give a missionary five minutes, they'll take 20. And so uh, uh, I hate to say that, but it's true. They're not here. That's why I'm saying that. Uh, I'm just being honest with you. 
And we got to this point where we said we just can't possibly do that. We just, we just, so we, we limit the number of missionaries that we have here. And when they do come, when they do come, they're usually people that we want to go deep with, people that we really believe in, that are really making a difference. And I'll often tell them, hey, listen, you need to tell stories. You need to tell people what you're doing. You, you need to do that because they need to get a sense of what you're accomplishing, and then they'll want to join with you. And that's not manipulation, that's just truth. And in fact, can I tell you something? That, that there are some missionaries that we, we are starting to demand what they, that they tell us what they are accomplishing. And if they are accomplishing next to nothing, if they've gone for a whole year and nobody's accepted Christ, can I, can I tell you, our money might be better spent by putting it with a missionary that's actually making a difference? How, how many, I know that sounds a little bit harsh. But I want, I, I'm telling you, I want a return on investment. And if you're a good steward of God's money, you'll want a return on investment too. Because you want to know, where. well, when I give, I want to know that I'm making a difference. But the Bible says that we don't wait just for the emotions to come. We don't wait just for the great video. or We, we give always. We're just always generous. Now, does that mean we support every missionary that calls? No way. We could never possibly do that. I get emails and phone calls all the time. Do you know they don't teach you how to pick missionaries in, in, in Bible school? They don't say, oh, oh by the way, here's, you're going to get about a thousand phone calls a year from missionaries, and you can't possibly support them all. Uh, so here's how to choose which ones you pick. You know they don't have a class about that? You think, yeah, what, what do you do with that? Exactly. Exactly. How many want to sit in a big chair every now and then? Because it's hard, everybody. It's hard to choose. Well, who do we support and how much do we support them? And, and how many know it's, it's smart to want to know the return on investment? Like, what are you accomplishing? Because if it's your tithes and offerings and my tithes and offerings, I want it to accomplish as much for the kingdom of God as it could possibly accomplish. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, see, that those are diff you have to have wisdom. You have to have wisdom with those things, and you have to ask sometimes deep questions. And at that point, can I tell you something? I can't give emotionally. We can't give emotionally. We have to give according to the will of God. We have to hear God's voice. We have to know what God wants us to do and always be faithful in generosity. And the more generous we are, the more God gives to us. Did you know that we've never had a year where we declined in the income? Every single year, it always goes up always goes up every single year. Not only as the church grows, of course, the church grows every year, but sometimes our income grows beyond what our numbers tell us it should be. And that's because so many of you, and I applaud you for this, you have embraced a heart of generosity. You've just said, you know what, this is an area of my life that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right. The Bible says your reward will be great. That in fact, you will have influence and honor and you'll be remembered forever because you're making an eternal difference. So generosity must be intentional and not just emotional. So to live your best life, let's get ready to write these things down. To live your best life, I want to remind you, it has to be intentional. Your best life has to be intentional. You have to be intentional about every single aspect of your life. So, so let, me, let me say a few things first. Because this is a big issue. If I want to have a great marriage, if, if you want to have a great marriage, raise your hand. All you married people better have your hands up. That's all I'm saying. 
If you want to have a great marriage, how many know you've got to be intentional about that? If you want to have great children, you've got to be intentional about that. If you want your finances in order, your finances are not going to fix themselves. Like, you've got to be intentional about that. If you, if you want to have a great career, if you want to climb the ladder, if you want to get paid what, you're, what, what you deserve, you have to be intentional about your work ethic, about how you treat people, about how you answer those in authority. You have to be wise. You have to be intentional. And that applies to every single area of your life. I'm trying to help you out today. Some people will say, boy, Pastor Justin and Jennifer, you guys are really blessed. We are so blessed. We, we Like Dave Ramsey, uh, God treats us better than we deserve. I really feel that. I mean, I really feel that. But you have to know, too, that everything that we do in life, we are intentional about it. We never just haphazardly go into anything. We try to use wisdom. We try to make great decisions. And I'm going to tell you how to be intentional and how to, to, to live a, your best life concerning generosity. Okay, and here's the first one. The first three, you're probably going to re- realize, you're going you're gonna to have heard before, I will intentionally share my time. I will intentionally share my time. Now I'm going to read from um, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, and I'm going to show you that it, your, your time, how much we all, let me say it like this, everybody. Have you ever noticed that we all have the same amount of time in a day? We, we all have the same, how many would agree with that? We all have the same amount of time in a day. And yet, 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 you go to some people's, some people's houses, for instance, and you know full well that they work all the time, that they're, they're just, they have a job, they work hard, they come home, they've got kids, they have all the things that you do, but yet their house is totally in order. It's like clean, it's, how many know you have to be intentional about house cleaning? Your house doesn't clean itself, Right? I think some of you might need to learn that today. <laughs> Your house doesn't clean itself. And so you have to be intentional about it. And you have one person and, and that their, their life is so chaotic, they look at somebody else and, and say, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you have a job and have kids and, and do all the things that I do, and yet your house is still clean? How do you do that? They have intentions. They, they, they're intentional about it. Oh, I wish I could teach this to you. Uh, some of you actually really need to learn this lesson because you're pointing at other fingers, you're pointing your fingers at other people saying, well, how can they do it? And I just can't do that. Really? You can't? Or you just don't want to? Or you just find it easier to make excuses? Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, you don't know what they're going through. See what I'm saying? And if you were to say, well, I'm just telling you like this, and this is a this is I'm bragging on my wife who hates it when I do this. But you can come to my house at any time of the day, and it is always clean, always everything's always in order. My wife is awesome. But if you were to say to to me or my wife, well, you don't deal with what I deal with. You deserve a smack in the head. That's what you deserve. <laughs> Because you have no idea what we deal with. You have no idea our schedule. You, you have no idea the phone calls we get. You have no idea what is on our plate. And everybody, I just want to tell you, we're just intentional about what we do. We're intentional about how we live life. We, we, we just spend ourselves for the sake of the gospel. 
for the sake of, of Christ's kingdom. And God just refreshes us every single day. He, he, just, he, just, he, he just makes it where we, we're able to make it. He just makes it where we make it. And we're happy doing what we're doing. We're so joyful doing what we're doing. Yeah, we get tired. But at the end of the day, as I've told you before, at the end of the day, we say that's how you live a life. That's how you live a day right there. Yeah, we go to bed. There, there's never a night where we don't go to bed and we're not tired. You know what I'm talking about? And I mean like tired, tired. But when we get up the next morning, we're ready to do it again by the grace of God. I will intentionally share my time. Ephesians 5 says this, be very careful then how you live. How careful? Very careful. You could say it this way, be really intentional about how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. That sounds like intentionality to me. Making the most of every opportunity because the days, the days, time that we live in, they're evil. This scripture has to do with time. It has to do with this generation. It has to do with the fact that all of us have been given the same 24 hours every single day. And he looks at you and he says, listen, you've got to be wise. You've got to be intentional. You have to be. be. New song, listen, listen, listen. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your time. If you go around and you're saying, well, I just don't have time for that. Or when it comes to the things of God, if it comes, if, if it comes to this point, you, you're like, well, you know what? The, I know the pastor and, 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 and uh, other leaders are contacting me. They, they, they've, they've given me some ideas of where I could serve in church and what I could do for the kingdom of God. I just don't have time. Could it be that you're making more time for yourself than you are the things of God? Could it be that you're not living your life with wisdom? Could it be? Because if you say, I just don't have enough time to be generous. I don't have enough time to give my life to God. Um, you have been deceived. Is that plain enough for you? You've just been deceived. You need to be intentional about it need to be intentional. The devil will give you every reason in the world. To st- the devil is going to try to steal every hour of your day. You have to fight that. And you have to be wise. Second thing is, I will intentionally share my talents. I will intentionally share my talents. First Timothy 6.18 says it this way. We have that up on the screen. There it is. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share, that you've been called to be rich in good deeds, to share your talents. And if you say, I, I, I don't have any talents, well, first of all, let me tell you this, you do. The Bible very, very clearly states, I, I believe it's in Ephesians chapter 4, that God has graced you with gifts. I think it's Ephesians 4, 7, that he's given you gifts to use. And you say, well, I don't have any talents. Actually, you do. I promise you, you do. If you don't know what they are, join us for Next Steps at 1030 in the Next Steps room, and we'll help you discover your talents. That, that's today. That's today at 1030. It's just a two-week course that you go through, and we'll help you to discover the talents that you have, the gifts that God has given you so that you can, you can use them 
for the glory of the Lord. But you have talents. You have talents. Some, uh, this happened not too long ago. Somebody came up to me, and, and, and this person is a talker. I mean, this person is a talker, like a talker. And they came up and they said, Pastor, I just don't have anything to give. I said, well, sure you do. What do I have to give? I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't do anything. I, I'm like, well, you've got a mouth. I didn't say it like that, but that's what I was thinking. <laughs> because they use it all the time, you know. And I, I told them, I said, you know what? On Sunday mornings, find somebody who's shy. Find somebody who's kind of hanging out by themselves and just go and introduce yourself and make them feel at home. Make them feel welcome. Give them a tour of the place if they don't know what's, what, if they haven't been here for very long. Or, or just say, hey, I'll, I'll sit and chat with you as you're waiting for your family to come or, or whatever. Just, just use that voice that you have and make somebody feel welcome. They're like, well, yeah, I, I do like people. I'm like, yeah, I know. You talk to them all the time. But yet they had it in their head, I don't have any talents. How do we know they had a talent? You say, well, I, I, don't, I, I don't really talk. So there are loads of things that you can do here, that are, do here that are behind the scenes. If you just say, I'm not a talker, you don't have to talk. Like, there, there's things that, that you can do, places you can be involved. You can make a difference and, and not have to have a conversation with somebody that, that scares you to death. You don't have to do that if that's not you. But you have talents. I, I promise you that you have talents. The, in fact, if you say, I don't have any talents, you would be disagreeing with the Bible, and that's not wise. It's not wise. Everybody has a gift in their life. You have a talent. You have something that you can give to God, and it's going to take your time if you do it. You, number three, you have to intentionally share your treasure. I will intentionally share my treasure to live my best life. I have to be intentional about sharing my treasure. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, because I know some of you are like, well, I don't really have any treasure, Pastor. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says this, on the first day of the week, how many know that that's Sunday morning? In the Bible, that's Sunday morning. On the first day of the week, each, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. He's saying this, hey, if we all just give faithfully, we don't ever have to take a love offering. Can I tell you that that's true here at New Song? It, when, when everybody just gives faithfully, we don't have to take up love offerings. Like we're, we're putting in this overflow parking lot. How many know we didn't take up an offering for that? How many know that 90% of the churches in America would? Well, we don't have to because of your generosity. Because when you come here, you just have a gift ready for the Lord. And because of that, we're able to, to, to spend tens of thousands of dollars. It's going to cost us close to $40,000 for that overflow parking lot. And we didn't have to take up an offering for that. How many are glad you're part of a church like that? Isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. And we've done things like that all the time. We just very rarely take up special offerings because we really feel like that, that God's provision happens when you bring your gifts to church on a Sunday and, and just say, Father, here's what I have to give you. And I know a lot of you digitally give, and that's the same thing. It's fine. Don't, don't be legalistic about that. What the point is, he's saying, hey, hey, say, hey, take whatever you get and take a part of it and give it to God. In fact, let's put that verse back up there again. I'm going to show you something. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money. Watch this. In keeping with your income. In keeping with your income. So there's going to be people here in the church that are going to give much more than you give. Let me say it like this, everybody. It's not the same amount, 
but it is the same sacrifice. That's good. It's not the same amount, but it is the same sacrifice. And like it or lump it, throughout the entirety of the Bible, the, the, it, let me say it like this. I don't know of any other percentages for giving in the Bible except for 10%. And it says it over and over and over and over again. And if you say, well, that's not in the New Testament, that's in the, the Old Testament. First of all, for the people who say that, they're the ones usually trying to get out of giving. I'm just being honest with you. They're the ones who say, I just don't want to give my money, and the Bible doesn't. Well, you know what? God knows your heart. But actually, it is in the New Testament. The standard of giving throughout the entirety of the Bible is, 10, is a 10% tithe, it's called. A tithe of 10%. And then above and beyond the tithe, there are offerings. And actually, Malachi says, hey, listen, you're not just giving me, you're, you're not... Uh, you're not just withholding the tithe from me, you're also withholding offerings from me. And so Jennifer and I, we discovered a long time ago, we have to be very intentional with our treasure, with our, with, with our income, with our giving. And we have faithfully, we faithfully give 10% and offerings above and beyond that. Now we, have 10, we give 10% plus offerings regularly. Every month, we not only give tithes, but we also give offerings as well. And then, on bigger occasions, we'll even give more than that. We'll, we'll just give more than that. Why? Because you, you have to be intentional, first of all. You have to be intentional. And because we want to be generous concerning the things of God. Because when I invest in myself, I'm investing, I'm investing in temporary things. But when I invest in others, I'm investing in the eternal well, I want the eternal reward more than I want the temporary reward. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? And, and I'm just telling you, if you don't live your life like that, can I tell you, you need to. You need to. And this isn't legalism. I'm just teaching you how to live your best life. Your best life is not a selfish life, and you know that in your heart of hearts. Your best life is not narcissistic. It's not selfish. Your best life is a generous life, but you have to be intentional. Well, pastor, I just don't have any money to give. Yeah, you do. You're just spending on the things you shouldn't spend it on. Oh. Let, let me tell you a story. I have this guy, he, he doesn't come to church here anymore, so I'm going to use this as an illustration. He, he came to one, pastor, I don't have enough money to tithe. I said, yeah, you do. You're just spending on other things. No, no, you need to know how much money I make. And I just, by the time I pay my bills, I just don't have enough money to tithe. I said, well, it sounds to me like you've already come up to your own conclusion. And I would disagree with you, um, but that's your call. I'm, you don't have to give because I say. I mean, you've got to just answer to God for that. So how, how many know sometimes it's wise, if people are going to be stubborn about it, you just back out, you just whatever, you know, you do your thing. Well, it wasn't too much longer after that that I see this guy in Mancino's, and he's walking out with like six large pizzas. I thought, if you didn't have any money, wouldn't you go to Little Caesars? <laughs> How many know Mancino's is a little bit more money than Little Caesars? I'm like, yeah, you got the money. You just don't want to spend it. The, you, you don't want to give it to God. You just want to give it to yourself. 
Am I making any sense, everybody? So you got to be intentional. And you have to live this life that says, hey, no excuses. I'm going to do this. My wife and I decided our very first thing that we do when we get paid is, is tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. It's the very first thing that we do. Because we honor God with our first fruits. First fruits, that's a biblical principle as well. But we have to intentionally share our treasure. We have to intentionally share a touch. Write that down. We have to intentionally share a touch to live your best life. First Thessalonians 5.11 says this way. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Encourage one another. Build each other up. You got to share a touch. You have to share a touch. Generosity. Let me say it like this, everybody. That's why we have small groups around here. That's why we want you to get plugged into a small group, because it gives you a chance to share a touch. What, what, I'm going to give you five things about a touch very, very quickly. These are just examples of a touch. You can give somebody a smile. You can sympathize with somebody. You can speak up for somebody. Be an advocate for somebody. You can serve. That's a touch. You could sacrifice. And I could go on and on and on. Those are just a few examples of how you need to intentionally share a touch. And when you get into small groups, you're going to see people who need to be encouraged. So encourage them. Give them a hug at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the evening and say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm with you. Like, you've got this. And, and if you need anything, you talk to me. That's sharing a touch, everybody. That's being generous with who you are and what you have to give others is the love of God in Christ Jesus. How many know what I'm talking about? So it just should be, it just should be a natural response that if somebody's hurting, we meet the need. If somebody is lonely, we, we, we befriend them. If somebody is insecure, we, we encourage them. It should just be part of our life that we're generous with our touch. We're generous with our touch. Number five, the last one, I will intentionally share to live my best life. I will intentionally share the truth. 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That, that to live our best life, we have to intentionally share the truth. The, the, the truth of what? To declare, to declare God's praises and my pardon. To declare God's praises and to declare my pardon that I was in darkness and now I have been called into a wonderful light and I'm part of the family of God. See, I have to intentionally share the truth. Intentionally share the truth. Now, one of the joys of my life, in fact, would you all stand up with me? We're going to bring this to an end. I want to tell you, one of the joys of my life is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's something I love to do. And I've seen a lot of people come to know Jesus as Savior. We told you before that at this point in our church's history that we've seen 
about 400 people baptized. In fact, in the second service, you know, we just had a baptism service uh, not too long ago. We're having another one today. I think there's eight or 10 people being baptized in the second service. So if you want to stick around and, and watch that, it's going to happen probably after the second or third song in the worship set. We're going to baptize people and you guys can hang with us for that if you want to. It's tons of fun to see. And it's one of the, the joys of my life is seeing somebody come to Christ. One of the joys of my life, I love interviewing people that are about to be baptized. And sometimes they don't even know how to say what, what's in their heart to say. Sometimes they, they say things like, you probably could have worded that a little bit better. But, but the heart is there. And you know that, that God has made a change in them. And they don't know how to speak it out. But you know that you've seen this change in their life. And you're just so proud of them. No matter what they say, you're just so very proud of them. Because you know that they've allowed the Spirit of God in their life. And they've been changed by the power and the glory of God. And then, and then to baptize them, that's, it's so awesome. You know, I got baptized when I was in, the, in Israel just a few months ago. I didn't need to. I just wanted to. I got baptized in the Jordan River. I don't know what's in that river, but it's not very clean, I'll tell you that. Like when you look at it, you're like, oh, I don't know. And it was freezing, by the way. I just wanted to be baptized. Like I, I did it as a child, and I just thought, I, I mean, come on, everybody. If you're at the Jordan River, wouldn't you want to be baptized too? Yeah. And so, uh, so I did. And, and uh, I just love it to, to, to see people whose lives have been thoroughly changed because we because we decided to intentionally share the truth. That we decided to intentionally declare God's praises and our pardon. That we've been called out of darkness into his wonderful light. That the man, the woman that we used to be, we are no longer. That we have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. That we've been washed clean and we are right in the eyes of God. Isn't that amazing? New song? We got some truths to share. We got some people to invite to Christ. We got, we, got, we got time to share with others. We have talents to share with others and treasures to share with others and a touch to share with others and the truth to share with others. We all have that as children of God. We have that and we've got to be intentional about it. So let's make a difference in the community. Let's make a difference in the lives of others, especially the ones who don't know Jesus. Let's make a difference in their life for the glory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? If you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, I'm going to give you a chance to do that right here, right now. I want you to know that Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. And he says, if you come to me, if you come to me, I'll accept you. If you come to me and surrender to me, I'll say yes. You'll be my son. You'll be my daughter. Is there anybody in this room today that... You just want to surrender your life to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. Nothing like that. This happens right where you are. If you want to do that, if you're ready to do that, raise your hand up right now. Very, very quickly. Just raise it up. Let me see who you are. All right. I see your hands. You can put them down. Anybody else in the room? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. We're going to respond to that as well as just how to live a generous life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we surrender to you. There's some people here in this room right now that are giving their lives to you, Jesus. Lord, we know 
that we have fallen short of your glory. We know that we've sinned. We know that we've done things that we regret. And we want to know you and be known by you. And we want to be sons and daughters of God. So, Father, we come to you today in complete surrender and want you to know, Jesus, that we believe in you. We believe in the cross. We believe in the resurrection. And we believe that you are the way to God our Father. And so we surrender to you today and invite you into our lives and ask, Jesus, would you forgive me? Forgive me of all of my sins. And now by faith, we know that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we have been set free from sin and that we are now a child of God. We thank you, Father, for saving us. Thank you for your Son and thank you for the Holy Spirit who drew us to the Lord Jesus Christ. We worship you, Father, and thank you for our salvation. New song, if you're glad about your salvation, could we just raise up our hands to him? Say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for calling me into your family. Thank you for washing me clean. Thank you for doing the miraculous in my life. Now go ahead and keep your hands up, new song. Father, today we're also declaring, we're also uh, uh, deciding today, we're making a choice that we're going to live generous lives that we're going to be generous with our time, with our talents, with our treasures, with a touch, and definitely generous with your truth, that we're going to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone around us, and we're going to do it in a variety of ways, but it's going to come from a generous heart. So today, Father, we are choosing to be generous. We are choosing to be giving. Lord, we know that our best life, our best life is not a selfish life. Our best life is a life that is generous in every single area, always. That's our best life, is a life of generosity, and that's what we're choosing today. For the glory of your name, Father, use us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.